and thanks for joining us on episode one of the summer learning series at thenoblebaby.com. And this is the noblebaby.com podcast, where we talk about everything education, lifestyle, and global living for public school students and homeschool students. So today we're going to be talking about the summer slide. And if you're not familiar with that term, some people call it um, summer learning loss or the summer brain drain, but basically um, I'm sure that everybody's heard about it one place or another. The statistics say that students on a summer break, a long summer break, we're talking like a month and a half to three months here in the United States, compared to say um, Japan or um, where they just do like a couple weeks of holiday and then they go back to class. So the long breaks, we are seeing studies show that students are losing about two months of math education that they forget from their last grade level. And in English, it's about a month and a half to two months. Um, And reading comprehension is around that as well. So that's a good chunk of learning. And then when these kids are coming back to school in the fall, they are losing most of the first um, eight weeks, nine weeks, because teachers are using a lot of that time to explain, go over, review all of those things from the previous grade level. Um, Obviously, summer slide can be prevented, and um, even if it's not completely prevented, you can do things to help your student not be so far behind. That way they're not clueless when they start back in the fall, start back to school. In my house, we homeschool and we do not actually take a whole long summer break. And summer slide is one of the reasons for that. The other reason is we like to break up um, our breaks throughout the year just to get out of the monotony of the same schedule and kind of um, change our subjects and change up what we're studying as we go through the year. We just find that to keep us better balanced in our homeschool curriculum. We follow the Japanese school calendar for the most part as far as how they do their breaks. We do something quite similar. That is um, not only because I liked their schedule, but we previously were living in Tokyo, so it was just um, easy to kind of follow that schedule with the way the seasons work and the way things work in Japan. So There are a lot of students who are going to go on summer break right now. It has just started. We currently are in the southern United States, and um, our public schools around us have just gotten out, I think, um, last Friday, so just a few days ago. And some of these students are going to have no learning opportunities for the majority of summer because there are a lot of students who are going to be staying at home alone whose parents work and their only opportunity for learning is gonna be whatever they come across on the internet at home if they have internet access. There's a lot of kids out there who don't have internet access at school and they rely on their classroom and their school libraries for their internet access. Um, Not everybody has internet access on their cell phone. Not every kid has a cell phone, especially if they are a low-income family. They're not probably going to have cell phones for everyone in their family. So we do have a couple of free resources. One of those is the Summer Homeschool Journaling printable PDF, and it is available now on thenoblebaby.com. You can print it out. It is... um, 
a journaling prompt for every single day of the summer. This is great for the reluctant writer who is always saying, I have nothing to write about. I can't write about anything. I have nothing to say. And this is also great for the writer who needs some practice from a specific topic or discussion to help them prepare for those standardized test writing prompts and um, writer writing prompts in the higher level English and language arts because you cannot free write everything and be a great writer. So this kind of creative writing throughout the summer, short journal prompts. It doesn't have to be anything difficult. It can be anywhere from five minutes to 20 minutes, or if your kid is really on a roll, just let them keep writing. Um, this free resource, you just go to our website, you can look through the resources and just click that and print it out. It's totally free. And we wanted to make it available for anybody who wants it and anybody who's looking for a free resource for their child this summer to give them some English language arts or writing, creative writing practice. It will follow up. There is also an autumn journaling prompt um, for those of you that homeschool. Some people journal every single day all year round. Um, so we do have journaling prompts for the rest of the year. Not all of them are free, but all of them are really affordable. We're talking around you know, less, they're all less than $5. Um, some depend on how long that specific curriculum lasts, but something like that will help your child stay engaged with their English writing language arts type of curriculum over the summer. And it won't just let their brain totally turn to mush and just forget all of those great things that they were learning about creative writing. They can keep applying those throughout the summer. Um, encouraging creative writing is a really fun thing to do throughout the summer because you don't have to be so strict with your guidelines. They don't have to feel like they're getting graded. They can be expressive. It can be a way for you guys to um, share between parents and children, especially parents who work during the day in the summer. They can let their child write about something and if they feel comfortable sharing it, then they can share it out loud with their family and kind of give yourself some talking points throughout summertime about what they're thinking, what they're feeling, and a lot of it, um, how they're thinking about approaching their next grade level. You can get some great feedback from your children by doing journaling. Um, now for math, we do see that kids have a bigger brain drain during the summertime. And um, we do have a pre-K and kinder math resource right now. It has 70 whole pages of available now printable, no prep math for pre-K and kinder. We'll be adding the rest of the grades um, throughout the next few weeks. Those are $5, so that's a pretty easy thing to grab and just have it ready to go, print it out, and then your student can just do a review. They're short, they're simple, they're to the point, but they're engaging and colorful and fun, and it will keep them motivated, keep up those math skills, so that when the fall rolls around, they're not going to struggle getting back into what is kind of grade required for them that next school year. Um, we do have these resources actually made for homeschoolers, but because in the summer, a lot of public schoolers are looking for a low cost way to supplement that brain drain and stop it. Um, this is a great resource for that to keep it low cost because obviously not everybody has the access to the tutor or you know teachers and 
at daycare facilities, they're not usually working on such hardcore academic things. I know that some daycare centers and um, youth centers do have some things available that are educational and they do try to implement those in their curriculum, but it's just not very rigorous and most of their plans for the days are involved around keeping the kids you know, physically engaged in games and sports and playtime and get everybody working together, but a lot of it is not academically focused. And that's all right to not be academically focused every single day of the summer, but it is nice to have those resources available. Now, um, an interesting thing that I saw, you know, a lot of places, um, a lot of research has gone into the summer learning loss and talking about that. The statistics most of them are all pointing to this, but I did find something kind of interesting. On Psychology Today, there is an article by Peter Gray, and um, this article is posted July 22nd. Now, this is from a few years ago, 2017, but this is a popular article. I'm seeing it pop up many, many places, even though we're a couple years out from when it was actually released on Psychology Today. And his opinion, because like I, I really feel like this is a mostly an opinion piece, um, that if children lose their academic skills over the first few weeks of summer, did they really ever learn those skills? That is his quote, and it says it must have been pretty shallow learning. Um, he has a couple links to where he's getting this idea and some t- t- statistics that. Um, speak and align with what he's saying, but I feel that this is a really big misconception because I feel that if your student who is homeschooled or who is in public school, private school, you know, bigger classroom setting, whatever it is, if they have learned a skill and they do not practice that skill within three or four months, I do not believe it doesn't, it means that the student never learned the skill. I think that is totally false. And I think that um, if we aren't integrating that here and there for a long period of time, we are going to lose that skill. Because how many parents out there did learn fractions in school, but then they aren't necessarily comfortable with dealing with difficult fractions? They might be okay with easy fractions, you know, that's a half a gallon of milk, but they're not comfortable with doing difficult math problems with things like fractions, things like percentages, um, anything like that. I notice that people aren't as comfortable with, and that is because some of those math skills you learn at the end of your school career. It's not because they weren't taught to you. It's not because you never learned them. It's not because you didn't know them. It's because you're not really using them. So if you don't use it, you lose it. And that is true for many parts of many subject areas. So this author's thought is, and this is a quote, if the skills taught in school are lost so easily, then what happens when people finally finish school and go on to life outside of it? Won't the skills be lost then? Well, obviously no one's going to stay in school forever. And I think this is also telling us that the skills that we are using regularly, we're keeping these skills. We're great at these skills. We're experts with these skills. 
people working in business who are client-facing in their positions, they're using their communication skills. They're using their writing skills. If they're in sales, they're probably using those higher math skills. But for those of us who aren't working in that business client-facing position, we're not using those same skills all the time. So we're losing some of those skills. So the summer slide does affect children because if they're continuously using those skills over the summer, they're gonna be more comfortable, more familiar, and they're gonna be more like experts with those skills than if we don't use them at all. So giving your children the option to practice these skills that they really need to master, like continuing their math, continuing their reading, continuing their language arts, continuing these over the summer, even if it's not really heavy work, even if it's review or just some light practice throughout the summer months, even if it's not every day, it's gonna keep up on those skills and give them that mastery of the skill to build upon. Because there's nothing worse than going back to school in the fall and having no clue what your teacher's talking about and making it a struggle during those first few weeks of school, giving yourself lots more homework, lots more stress, lots more to study. Um, the same for teachers and for homeschooling parents, um, teachers, whoever your homeschooling teacher is. Um, the same thing goes for teachers and parents because they are reteaching the last things that they've done and they're using this valuable time where you can be expanding on the mastery of these skills and instead we're kind of working backwards which works against your curriculum plan. Then we have these parents and students that are trying to play catch up. You're trying to review and you're also trying to shove new material toward kids when they're not really truly ready because they don't truly remember what they learned from the last part of last year. So here's some tips to get you ready for next school year, even though we're just starting summer and probably most kids and parents do not want to hear about most next school year. Most of you want to hear about um, going to the pool and movies, <laughs> but here is how to Get yourself prepared so that you do not fall into the summer slide. You can join library reading, summer reading programs. These are free. They're in almost every single community and the summer reading programs are great. They're so fun. Let your kids pick books that they wanna pick because kids who get to pick their reading are much more likely to actually read than if an adult picks the book for them. Now, if you have a reason and a specific book that they need to read and there's a reason for that, that's fine, pick the book. But if your kid is not an avid reader, if you're not doing homeschool over the summer, if you are just kind of trying to pick something to help keep your kid on track, let them pick books. As long as it's an appropriate book for their age and their reading level, and you're okay with the actual content of the book, it's nothing alarming for a child, then obviously, you know, if that's the book that they're really into and they really wanna read it, and this is gonna encourage them to read, let them pick their reading books for summer reading program. Um, they're free, Google your local library, See what it says about summer reading program. I think it's great because it's also a free resource and I'm all about low cost and free resources to improve education. Um, another resource that you can check into, um, there's different, different price ranges of this, is 
ID tech camps. They are in a lot of major cities and these camps are really awesome. This podcast is not in any way sponsored by ID tech camps, but I am an advocate of their camps. I think that they teach some really cool stuff about, um, science, STEM courses, math, ID tech camps. They have really cool stuff. They're in tons of locations. Um, The price varies depending on where you are, but there's usually a camp somewhere near you. So ID, just letter I, letter D, tech, T-E-C-H dot com. Um, And they have really cool stuff. So check it out. They also have some resources online that you can look into if you just browse the website and they are pretty awesome and they're pretty fun. If you have younger students, um, they have things for older students, but I find that younger students like this better. ABCya.com. A lot of public schools use this. I know that the military, um, on-base schools, at least overseas, I know for sure that they use that when my kids were in a public school, they referred them to that a lot. And even when we went to homeschooling, we still use that site. A-B-C-Y-A, abcya.com and they have tons of free resources and a lot of them are game related so they're educational but they're still games so they're still fun for kids and Now, of course, you want to monitor kids because it is online but everything is free and I find that abcya.com is awesome because the younger levels like pre-k, k1, grade one, grade two, grade three, they're really user-friendly. So even a preschooler with just a little bit of experience on tablets or computers, they can totally navigate the educational games and they will be practicing letter recognition, letter sounds, numbers, number recognition, um, shapes, colors, you name it. If it's a pre-K thing, they can review it. Now, I'm not one for kids doing all of their resources and learning online, but I'm not against mixing that in for some fun. So when we do want to mix that in, I do let my preschooler go on abc.com with my assistance so that I can monitor what she's doing online. But I do think that it's a great way, um, free resource that you can use to stop the summer slide. Another great STEM resource is called the stemlaboratory.com. They have tons of awesome visual examples and things that you can do at home, your own experiments with your kids or some of them actually you can do, the kids can do without so much of your prep and supervision just depending on what the age group it's for. So there are a lot of experiments they can do as long as you're semi-supervising, but the stemlaboratory.com, you can also probably find them on Pinterest and see some really visually impressive things that kids are doing with this website. Um, Lots of free resources, lots of ideas, lots of fun, really gets them thinking and their brains working about science, technology, and fun, fun experiments. And a lot of these things are probably better experiments than they necessarily get to do at school due to budgets. I know the school down the street from us doesn't even have enough paper for kids all year long. So I doubt that they're, you know, making awesome handmade experiments all the time. And of course, this is more prep for parents and it's a little bit more difficult, but a lot of the experiments that I've found 
on thestimlaboratory.com. Do use household things that you probably already have on hand and you don't necessarily have to go out and go shopping for. So if you check through there, see what they have, find things um, with experiments that you know you have the supplies on hand and you don't have to struggle with getting the supplies. There's lots to choose from and they are really fun. Now, one last resource that I want to mention for people who are definitely struggling with math or just definitely want to make sure they keep up with math. It is called extramath.com. Just the letter X, T-R-A, math. Dot com, And this is a completely free resource. And honestly, I can't even believe it's free because it is so amazing. You pick your child's level, have them do a little mini quiz to see the level that they're at. And it works on speed and mental math. And it will give you a report. You can log in daily and see it, or it will email your report of your student's progress. So you can see where their skills are improving, where their skills are lacking, how much they've improved over time, and it gives you this color-coded report individualized for each of your students, totally free. And it will time them, and they can do just a little bit of math every day, and it will keep away that summer slide all for free and all while you are tracking it with ease. So you don't have to go look over their problems every day. You don't have to make up problems for them. It takes all the time and hassle out of it extramath.com. It is great. Um, we've used it with our homeschool for several years. We just use it on a fun Friday instead of using our regular math curriculum on Fridays. We just do a little bit of extra math to build our mental math skills and to build our speed. And that really helps with um, the difficult math to come if you have a great foundation of math skills in the beginning. So if your child is struggling with math, I feel that this is great because it's not so much pressure. They don't have a bad grade sitting there in front of them. They just have a color-coded chart saying, green, why you did awesome, yellow, let's work on it a little bit more, and red, hey, this one takes you a lot, time, a lot of time to solve. And then they're gonna give them that red color-coded problem that's taking them a long time. They're gonna see it a lot in their little daily quizzes or weekly quizzes that you give them um, because it, the system knows where they're having difficulties with which problems and it will give them those problems more often so that they can memorize and learn those facts a little bit better. It has um, quite a few levels of math. So if you go on there, just check it out, see how it is. Obviously always monitor them when they are online doing these things. I don't promote all schoolwork online, but I just wanted to give some free resources that are kind of fun for the summertime. Um, and of course, if you have a younger one and you do want to have paper and pencil math right there that you see. Um, we have some of those up at thenoblebaby.com. We'll be adding the rest of the grade levels as the summer rolls out. So check back for those and let me know in the comments on um, Instagram and our social media sites and um, at thenoblebaby.com. Let me know what you are doing to prepare to stop your summer slide for your children at your house. And I'm sure there are some teachers out there that have some great summer slide resource packs and activities that they send with students over the end of the year. So if your students do go to public school and they don't homeschool, just check out those teacher resource packets for the summer and make sure that your kids are doing them because those will help them when they return to school in the fall. If you are homeschooling and you don't have a resource 
resource packet, check out thenoblebaby.com. We do have a summer slide resource packet for a budget-friendly price, and they can work through that if you would not like them online all summer, or you just simply want something that's easy and portable in the car for um, trips, vacations, things like that. Stay tuned. We have some good um, podcasts coming up the next couple weeks. We have some interviews with some other homeschoolers who are in some unique situations, and we just want to visit with them and have them share with everybody listening about how they homeschool, how they get it all done, and how they balance what they do balance. Um, I feel like these homeschoolers are really unique and um, I just want to share their stories. They're people that I do know in my personal life, and I just want to share how they homeschool and what they do. And this is especially for those people who are listening today because they don't homeschool, but they're kind of on the fence about homeschooling. They're just not sure if they can manage it all and make homeschool happen. Um, I just want to share some of these awesome homeschooling families with you so you can hear what they do to balance it and make homeschool work because they have really um, unique and interesting stories. And I think that how they're balancing things is just best told through their own words, but it's really encouraging if you're kind of on the fence about homeschooling. So check back for those next week and we will see you online at thenoblebaby.com or back here. Thanks. Bye.